Hello and welcome back to Travel Day episode 11. Today we've got Iowa recap against Rutgers, a beautiful game, one of the most fun games I've had watching a Hawkeye game in a while. Uh, we've got Iowa State's uh, win over BYU, uh, an absolute smacking in Utah. Uh, we've got our CFB segment with our top six personals, as well as some pickums, and we'll get you the scores for that uh, when we get there. We've got Iowa men's and women's basketball, as they both teams have gotten underway, and we'll get Iowa State after that as well. And uh, obviously, we'll round it out with some trivia. So um, we'll see you for Iowa recap in a second. And it's time for Iowa's recap against Rutgers, a 22 to nothing win for Iowa. And uh, as I just said in the uh, intro there, one of the most fun games Iowa has played in a while. Well, I mean, there was actually some offense from Iowa's side. That was side. probably why it was fun, but I don't care. It was fun. It was awesome. Deacon Hill looked great. It was the best he's looked ever, all year. Ever. I think ever. Maybe yeah. in his career. Probably. It's probably I know, the best game he's ever played. I've never watched him play as a youngin', but it's hard to beat what he had. Uh, this yeah, past weekend, so. 223 total yards, a touchdown. Mm-hmm. He did throw a pick in the red zone, which is which it happens. And it was first half. Yeah, so but it always seemed to happen with him. It does happen, but I, I, I'm glad he limited it to one. You know, yeah. Obviously, first couple of drives, the rush was there, and then the pass was obviously not as expected. But I think that kind of flipped after once Deacon Hill got into a groove. Um, we missed a 47-yard field goal at the beginning of the game, uh, one of the first drives, which is unlike Stevens because you know he's usually pretty dang good but uh he didn't miss after that so that was the big big important part Deacon Hill really looked good in the short passing game um he let his his receivers work after the catch which I think was huge he got them out into space let them make the play and I like that a lot more than just trying to run vertical routes with him because he doesn't have quite the touch for it um there was the exception on the seam route I don't remember who caught it it was a true freshman tight Um, end Zach Ortworth that's him he had a I believe it was 54 yards on the seam route and it was beautiful it was awesome to see but other than that not a lot of verticality in the routes uh and well, i mean even with the seam route you can you're only still throwing it 10 yards downfield because right. you want to get just, it out quick he and he was wide open i mean rutgers was bringing their safeties down all game long so that seam route was open all as game they long. should right expecting the run so at least they finally got to it eventually one of the biggest things too um on the defensive side because obviously i can talk and talk about deacon because deacon was great um overall Obviously, not a lot of people were super happy with him. Maybe the first couple drives, but once he was at one point, he was he threw eight completions in a row, which is more completions than he had in whole games before that. So that was pretty big, and uh, ended up being nine of ten in that in that span because he missed one on an overthrow and then made it happen again, which was great. He came off of an incompletion, but uh, defensively, uh, Rutgers couldn't get anything going. I mean, defense pitched a shutout. Which surprised me, mostly because, at least at the beginning of the game, Rutgers was really picking on Jamari Harris in the corner position. They weren't going after DeGene or Castro because, no. obviously, they know what they can do. Yeah. Um, I mean, it shows in the stats. DeGene, his only stat was just the penalty. That's right. the only thing he had Exactly. And so Jamari, you know, he locked it down all right. I mean, he had a few where, you know, guys got around him. He uh, let up some, some decent yardage. But, I mean, overall, he locked it down enough that held Rutgers to, to nothing. Uh, Schulke with a pick basically to seal the game uh, late in the fourth quarter, so that was great. And uh, I'm going to talk about the 12th man because Kinnick was absolutely ecstatic this game. The fans played a really big part. Fans were a huge part. False starts uh, left and right for Rutgers, just really undisciplined football from them, which you know not really accustomed to seeing from them this year. They've had a really good season um, up until this game. 
that's just that's Kinnick, baby. That's yeah. Iowa, and that's a huge advantage for us. I just also think it's really hard to shut out teams in college football. Yeah. But yeah. Iowa seems to be the team that can kind of do it on a consistent basis. Mm-hmm. I, I thought I think I saw a stat somewhere it was like they have like three shutouts in the past two to three years or something like yeah. that, which leads all of college football. This goes to show how good Phil Parker really is at his job. Phil Parker's the best defensive coordinator in the country, and I'll take that to my grave. I don't care because he is. He's he's amazing. I think the best two defensive coordinators in the entire country are in the state of Iowa. I'm okay with that. Yeah, I'll go with you on that. Iowa State's defense has been good. At the end of it, you know, Caleb Brown was a huge part of this win. Finally got put in the wide receiver one position for the depth chart this next week, which is great to see. So he was awesome. He had a touchdown, his first uh, career touchdown at the NCAA level after transferring from Ohio State. You know, we, I'm going to give a lot of credit to, to Deacon Hill and to the wide receivers and tight ends, whatever. But the O-line really stepped up this game, gave Deacon Till, Hill a lot of time in the pocket, which was great to see. Yeah. So they made a little bit of an adjustment there, which was awesome. And uh, 22 points for the Hawkeyes, which is awesome. To, to me, I think the biggest thing you're missing out is 180 yards rushing. Yeah. And it wasn't by one guy. No, it was, it was, by it three was committee. Different 100%. Guys. Yep. Uh, Patterson got in there. Uh, Williams got in there. And then I believe uh, Johnson. W- Johnson, yes. Um, so both Caleb's kind of had a good day. Um, but which, I, I mean, I've been saying that, you know, all year that we have multiple running backs that can do the job. And we, I mean, we showed this game that we have multiple tight ends as well, not just in Ostranga, but I'm kind of, I like, I mean, he only had the one catch for 54 yards, but the true freshman there, I mean, that's big news. Yeah. That's big stuff. Yeah. So it's going to run out. So overall, great game. Loving the Hawkeyes and uh, liking their momentum heading into uh, Illinois. So on senior I, th- day. I think we should mention, though, big news out of today. I don't know was big news, but it's news. Spencer Petrus is now in the transfer portal. And, you know, good for him. I wish him the best. Um, yeah. He's been a really good player coach type of thing this year. And uh, I think he's helped out the quarterbacks a lot. And um, he's definitely got that leadership. So, yeah. Wish him the best uh, once the season's over. Uh, he is still with the team through this this uh, season because of contract and all that, all that jazz. So, But, yeah, we'll see him on the sideline for sure. Stay with us for Iowa State football up next. And it's now time for Iowa State's demolishing it of was, the Cougars. It was a butt whooping. It was a butt whooping. And, it uh, was well worth staying up that late. <laughs> I will say it. Nine fifteen start. I wasn't timers. really looking forward to it, but then you know, offense. They there. were just rolling the entire yep. game. Now, probably the most complete game they played all year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, BYU gave them points early. Yeah, they did. I mean, first play of the game. Well, from scrimmage. From scrimmage. Yes. I mean, the fir- opening kickoff, they muffed it, mm-hmm. and they recovered like at their own fifteen or something. I don't yep. know. I never got to see the actual play because the game before went too long. Yeah. I, yeah. And then first play of the game from scrimmage. There was a pick. BYU's quarterback. There was a pick. So we got really good field position to start. We go down, score right away, and then the next kickoff, BYU muffs that kickoff, and we recover it. Go down, score another field goal. We're up ten nothing within the first two and a half minutes of the game. Yeah, it was um, it was rough to watch. It's for BYU guys. Yeah. I mean, I didn't really obviously have a dog in the fight, but like, man, you kind of felt bad for BYU. But the thing is, BYU. Not kind at of, all. I know you don't, but the BYU kind of took the momentum back a little bit for about five minutes yeah, and I mean, then after it was, that it was, it was a little was little concerning when th- they went down really quick on their next drive and yep. scored a touchdown but within 10-7 and then the next drive for Iowa State did not go really well mm-hmm. I think they had a three and out but then they got the three and out themselves and then they went down and scored again and just kind of right there and then he's like no that's the nail in the coffin game's over at that yes. point just for how easy it was the biggest thing from this game was um Rocco Beck looked great 15 of 23, 203 yards, two touchdowns. He was very efficient. 
you could just tell how much confidence he had in this game, mm-hmm. and hopefully that continues on the rest of the year. It's almost like he had that put the team on his back kind of mentality. Yeah. Then you look at the rushing. 234 yards of total rushing, four touchdowns. Jeez. Three of them, or four four touchdowns by three different running backs. Big. All three main running backs scored. The big one here was Abu Sama, the freshman from Southeast Polk, had his breakout game that all fans have been expecting or wanting to see. Eight carries, 110 yards, and two touchdowns. Both touchdown runs were fantastic runs. Um, I was talking to my dad after his first one, and he said it kind of reminds him of that first run reminded him of like a Seneca Wallace mini type run with how mm-hmm. much like he had to avoid defenders. Yeah. The comparison to Brees Hall, just kind of like the play style really showed in this game. He looked just kind of like him in some ways, the way he's able to have breakout speed in the open field, able to make guys miss and then break some tackles along the way. Eli Sanders was really good as well. Nine for 57 and a touchdown. Norton, six for 42 and a touchdown. Mm-hmm. Both those guys, they can have games or drives where they just don't look like the number one guy, and then the very next drive they'll break off a 30-yard run. I mean, we'll take what we can get at this point with them. <laughs> yeah. Jalen Noll and Jaden Higgins, the top two main guys on the receiving end, combined nine catches for 130 yards and two touchdowns, both by Jalen Noll. Jalen Noll had a big 66-yard touchdown run on just a little kind of like short out route mm-hmm. and just worked perfection, a nice little pick play that set up for the – touchdown the defense was just outstanding um other than the first quick drive other than that they shut him down completely two interceptions uh the first one was will mclaughlin in that first quarter and then the freshman jameson Patton out of ankeny got his first career All interception right. and his first career start yeah he was filling in for jeremiah cooper who's still out with injury um but other than that it's just complete butt whooping and the most complete game like i said earlier they've played all year and Hopefully this kind of momentum and confidence can carry into the biggest game of the year by far when we host Texas Yep, at home Night this Saturday. There. Be a big, uh, big, big 12 invocations there. Yeah. I think with that game, the only way we have a chance is if Jeremiah Cooper's back. Mm-hmm. With him missing this much time, as a fan, you really see how important he is to this defense mm-hmm. and truly how young Iowa State is as a team overall. Iowa State wins the bowl eligibility bowl, in my That's opinion. Right. We are going bowling. They are going bowling. Uh, BYU has to play both Oklahomas, so more than likely they will end four and eight, four and five and five seven. and seven. Yeah. My bad, math is hard. Yeah, but yes, they will. They will more than likely lose out. And uh, Iowa yeah. State again, not favored in either one of their next games. So no, I wouldn't expect them to be. And stay with us as we're going to get into our pickums and our CFP top six predictions up next. <laughs> And now it's time for our top six and pickums. We are going to start with pickums today because no one has it pulled up. We're just going to get right into it. Right. He's already done his, so it's just we have. Well, we'll go back to last week. Last week was a tough week for you. Yeah. I yeah, won both games that were the only ones that we picked different, which is really good for me. I ended up going 7-3, and three, uh, missing Kansas, who lost to Texas Tech, Oklahoma State getting blown out by UCF, and Fresno State also getting blown out by San Jose State. You went 5-5, five and five, missing those same three games, along with Boston College losing to Virginia Tech and Texas State losing to Coastal Carolina. Rough, rough stuff. That that moves my total to 58-32. and 32. You are at 55-35, and 35, but I have won another week in the tiebreaker slot at 5-3. to three. Just lost all my – yeah, pretty much lost all my progress. Yeah, that's great. yeah right that's back to where we started. That's awesome. That's great. First game this week, we got Louisville at Miami. Oh, man. 
That's a tough one. Um, I'm going to go with Louisville. That's mm, yeah, that's, yeah, t- that's, that, kind of a that's who loss. I picked as well. Okay. Louisville's well, been really good this year. Yes, they have. One loss, Miami. And Miami's been so like hit or miss. Yeah. Like, I don't know who to go with. This yeah. could also be a trap game for my or for Louisville. Yeah. yeah. Um, just the way they've been rolling for so long, teams like this tend to fade out at some point. Mm-hmm. And this could be the week. Who knows? Next, we got SMU at Memphis. I have no idea. Memphis? All right. SMU? I don't know, dude. I don't know. What's your first name? You I will go with Memphis. I have, I, don't, I don't know anything about either of those teams, to be um, completely honest. Both in the American. Yeah. They're both 8-2. and two. Oh, okay. Well, um, I did look. SMU was favored, though, and it was by quite a bit. It was 8.5. Let's just hope Memphis they could. proves all the doubters know. wrong. All right? I think it's going to be a shootout, to be honest. Okay. I think mm-hmm. it's going to be a really exciting game to watch. Well, Next, we got Appalachian State. At James Madison. You already know my answer. I'm rolling with James, James Madison, Madison all day. And I will, too. They're at home. Uh, I believe game day is going there this week. so They deserve it. They do deserve it. And they've got uh, they got something to prove on the national stage. So, James Madison all the way. Next, we got Utah at Arizona. Dude, that is tough. And here's why. is because Arizona has been won rolling. four or five in a row. They've been rolling. And they've three of those who have been ranked opponents. Mm-hmm. So, And Utah's looked actually better recently. Yes. You know what? I'm going to take Arizona because they're at home and they look good. And um, I'm very impressed with how they've kind of tur- yeah. not necessarily turned the season around, but like just kind of the streak they've been on. So yeah, I went to Arizona as well. I'm going to ride the hot hand here. Heck yeah! To be honest, I thought this was a game we'd both be different on. I thought you were going to go Utah here. Yeah, just because they're the higher ranked it's, team. That's, a, that's another tough one because that could go either way. That's going to be a good game as well. Uh, now we got Illinois at Iowa. Iowa, Iowa by if we play like we did by a lot. And it's at home again, uh, senior day, so yeah. the crowd will be in it. It'll be fine. We'll be, I think I'm we'll expecting Iowa to win nine to six. Are you kidding me, dude? Deacon Hill nine comes to back six. down to earth, baby. Whatever, man. Nine to six. I think we beat. I think they beat us nine to six like two years ago, three years ago, something like yeah. that. With Iowa, that's kind of the score you're gonna get now. Nine to six, dude. Wow, that's unreal. After we put up twenty, I will say Rutgers. they did not reach an all all time low in the over under. This is an Illinois week. team that gave up. Forty something points to Indiana, yeah. and you're telling me nine to six? That's unreal. Deacon Hill's gonna come Whatever, back down dude. to earth, man. De- give the ball to a running back. It doesn't matter. Got three running backs that'll run right through him like Swiss cheese. It doesn't matter. Oh my gosh, six. It's nine to six. Yeah, you could say that about every other team, and it's been about the same score. Not every other team has given up forty something points to Indiana. Indiana's yeah. not good. Neither's Illinois. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. Next, we got North Carolina at Clemson. This is a tough one as well. Yeah, I kind of like, ooh, man. I kind of like Clemson there, actually, um, at home. I believe UNC lost. Oh, no, they didn't lose, no. but they were. it was a close game at yeah. Chapel Hill. Yeah. And so I think Clemson at home is better there, in my opinion. I went with North Carolina. Okay. I think Drake May has got a lot more to prove coming into this draft year. Yeah. Um, and I just I just don't like Clemson. I don't like Dabo Sweeney. And of <laughs> Also, it helps too this year. You just don't know what you're going to get out of them. They've kind of turned it around, though. I mean, they really have. Haven't. they? Yes. They're yeah. six and four. Is that turning it around for Clemson? After they lost, what, two of their first three? Or three of their first, you know, something like that. Two of their first four, whatever it was. Yeah, whatever. I don't know. North Carolina. <laughs> Next, we got UNLV at Air Force. I'm both, gonna, both are eight and two teams gonna as say, well. I was going to say, because Air Force just got destroyed by Hawaii. I went with Air Force, by the way. I think they bounced back this week. I'm going to take UNLV because they've looked pretty good and air force is on a little bit of a slide 
Although Air Force is at home, but yeah, I'll take you on this one. Was tough for me as well to pick, yeah. but I, I just I was gonna just gonna take Air Force at home. I yeah. think they bounce back. Uh, next, we got in-state rivalry here: Kansas State at Kansas. This will be a fun game to Kansas watch as well. Kansas State. I think it'll be Kansas State. Um, I, I think, think so too. A, I, I don't know who the, I don't know who Kansas quarterback is going to be. Yeah. I don't know if Daniels is going to be back. I don't know how after after this, Bean got hurt yeah. in, the, in the Texas Tech game, so I don't know if he's going to be back. Yeah, I don't. And like, their third strings not look good at all. I don't like Kansas's odds against Kansas State, especially no. if they don't have. Yeah, no, I, no. And as an Iowa State fan, we need Kansas State to win to True. just get Kansas yeah, out of out of the a, way the yeah. tiebreaker picture. Yep. Next, we got Washington at Oregon State. Gonna take Washington. Offense is too overpowering. Um, yeah. I don't think Oregon State's defense will be able to keep up with that. Gonna be a shootout. Another yeah, shootout it's, in the ba- Pac-12. it's Pac-12. Yep. Yeah. And Oregon yep. State's got a really good team. Their defense is is fairly decent. The offense is fairly decent as well. Mm-hmm. But Washington just has, like you said, too much firepower. Yep. The last game is probably the biggest game of the night. I think. Is just it Iowa ba- State? It's Iowa State and Texas. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. The reason I think it's the biggest game by far is just based off the implications this game has. Okay, yeah. Because you got yeah. two teams playing for a Big 12 championship spot. Yeah. Adding on Texas playing for a college football playoff spot. And this is the last time Iowa State will ever yeah. play Texas in football. Right. Uh, well, you shouldn't say the last time ever, but. I said probably the last time they play. For a while. I think they'll probably end up. The, the next time uh, they, they probably will. play each other will be in a bowl game if that yeah, ever happens. I, I, I agree with that. I'm going to take Texas, and I think it. I think Texas probably wins by at least 14. 14 Taking Iowa 14 State. 20. I, I doesn't surprise me. I'm way more confident now, like I was back at the beginning of the year where I said Iowa State was going to beat Texas. They're going to send them back down to Austin, the SEC, with the tail between their legs. Yeah, I don't see that happening, but maybe. We're going to get into our top six for the playoff rankings, or our predictions of it, rather. Um, and I'll I'll just rattle them off right now because I'm talking and Nolan's still trying to get some stuff pulled right. up. So I'm good. All right, he's good. I, after this week, I think last week I had Michigan at the one, Georgia at the two, Ohio State at the three, so on and so forth. I think I had Oregon in at that four spot. A little bit of a shakeup. I, I really, Georgia proved to me that they're still very dominant against yes. Ole Miss. Um, so I'm going to put them at the one as much as I really don't want to. Um, I still think they're one of the best teams, if not the best team in the nation right now. Michigan faltered a little bit in my eyes against Penn State. Made that probably a little closer than it had to be. Penn State did not play well, obviously, but I don't think Michigan no. took advantage of that. They didn't pass in the second half. Michigan. No, the, well, McCarthy so, only threw eight passes the right, entire game. Exactly. So, do I still think that they could be national champions? Obviously, yes. of course I do. But I just think they faltered just a tiny bit enough that they're going to be my number two. It wasn't the showing that you wanted at right, Michigan. Right. Michigan. I expected to be more dominant than that for sure. Um, Ohio State's going to be in my three. Um, Oregon's still at my four, just because until Oregon and Washington meet again in the Pac-12 championship. That's where they're going to be, is that four spot. Mm-hmm. And then I'll probably just keep Florida State at that five and Washington at the six because, again, Washington's offense is amazing. Don't think their defense can keep up with these other powerhouses, though. No. Um, going into mine, I don't remember what I had last week. That's okay. But going in this week, moving Georgia to my one. Mm-hmm. I don't think I had them there last week. But I'm going to have Ohio State at the two. Yep. That Michigan-Ohio State game is going to be huge for both teams. Mm-hmm. And Ohio State just has the better resume as of right now. Yep. Michigan will be at the three, finally beat a good team, so-called good team. Penn State has looked bad when they've played good teams as well. Yeah. I'm going to keep Florida State at the four. I mean, the 9-0, haven't lost. Don't seem yeah. to move down at all. Yeah. I am going to have Oregon over Washington, though. Yep. Even though Washington did beat Oregon, I still think Oregon is the better team yeah. when it comes down Agreed. to on paper and just seeing it with your own eyes. 
I think the team to watch though with this all this is Louisville coming out of the ACC to get in the top six. Yeah, or top, like to get to the six. They could get at that six spot with Oregon, but they might fall. They're going to fall into nine. They're not going to jump to Texas or Alabama, but they are that kind of sneaky team that could kind of sneak their way into the college football playoff. That things go things would perfect. have to go pretty yeah, yes. perfect. Uh, they would have to beat Florida State in the ACC championship right, game right, for right, that right. to be even a thought. Exactly, but they have a shot. I'll right. just say that. All right. So those are our top six. Well, stay with us. We will get into Iowa and Iowa State basketball after this. And it's now time for Iowa and Iowa State basketball. We're going to start with Iowa. We're going to start with men's um, just because it's what I have pulled up in front of me. Iowa it, men's are 2-0 and with a 110-68 to win over North Dakota and then a 98-67 win over Alabama State. First thing I want to talk about is Peyton Sanford has looked phenomenal in both these games. He's really stepping into his role as a leader of this team, being mm-hmm. an upperclassman now. He, I mean, he had 21 points in the North Dakota game and another 17 points in the Alabama State game, along with 12 rebounds in that, in that Alabama State game. Uh, McCaffrey had 22 in that Alabama State game. Uh, again, just two leaders right now that are making those, their presence those felt. Those are going to have to be your two main yep. guys. They're going to have to be our, our guys. You'd like to see a little bit more production out of Perkins. He hasn't really necessarily had the point total. As of yet, but I, I'm not worried about it. I'm sure he'll. I think for him, in. the stats you have to look at with Perkins are the assists, the turnovers, yeah. and then the steals he's got. Right, and he had ten against North Dakota, uh, which isn't you know horrible. Six rebounds, two assists, two steals, uh, no turnovers, which is obviously big. Um, That's the thing you want from your point guard is yep. no turnovers. You just got to make sure we got a ball handler out there. And I mean, if Perkins takes care of the ball, by all means, get in there, do your thing, um, because. Turnovers are going to be what's going to be able to kill us this year, for sure. Yeah. If we have the ball in playmakers' hands, we will do just fine. It's more about just not not letting our defense get too tired because we're giving the ball up all the time. Yeah. You don't want to be in a track meet. Right. And Iowa is really good okay. when they're able to like get set plays going. Mm-hmm. Yep. They're really they're really good at that. The transition, that up and down, fast paced game. It's not really their style. They might score 100 points against these really bad teams, but that's just kind of that seems I mean, like it's every bad year. Teams, yeah. yeah. But. Perkins with 12 points against Alabama State, uh, two turnovers, no steals, three assists, five rebounds. So not quite as, as productive, at least in the non-point category yeah. for him. But, I mean, like I said, I'm not super worried about it. I'm sure he'll be, he'll be just fine. He's a leader of this team. He's been around for forever. He'll be fine. In news is that Owen Freeman, freshman for Iowa, was Big Ten freshman of the week, which was huge to see. Um, he had a great uh, first couple of games off the bench. No, no starts quite yet, but I'm not going to be surprised if we see him in that starting role soon maybe not this year but definitely probably yeah, next year next year for sure because he's got two veteran guys in front of him at that mm-hmm. same forward yep. center role and this year is just for him to get his feet wet and just kind of learn the ropes of how Iowa does things he had 14 points in the North Dakota game and eight points in the Alabama State game I've, I've liked what I've seen out of him just even in just pick and roll moves and things like that he's athletic he can get the, the job done and um looking for him to to be huge off the bench uh him and probably two or three other freshmen so i was gonna need them for sure moving on to women's um iowa is three and oh playing fair dickinson their first game 102 to 46 w then they played number eight virginia tech and won that game 80 to 76 very hard fought battle on both ends caitlin clark obviously had a great game as you're gonna have to have when you play those big opponents Mm -hmm. like i said i said when when they won it's a big win it shows that they're back I mean, you know, national runner-up, even though you're not the champion, 
like it's like you're defending a title almost. Yeah, it, you come with certain expectations right. coming to the year. And after you lose your two forwards, like there's a lot of expectation about who's going to fill those that role. And yeah, because Caitlin can't do everything. Right, you're it, gonna have she's gonna have to do everything exactly. at some points in the game, but she can't do it the whole game. They beat you and I 94-53 just the other day, and in that game, Caitlin Clark becomes the point uh, leader for the history of Iowa women's basketball. So that was pretty cool. Yeah, to see. that's. I think that's going to be a record that's going to be unbeatable. Well, I, she's going to keep adding on to it. Yeah, too, and so. she might. She still. I think she's still able to come back for next year. Doubt it. I doubt she will, though. I don't really. Expect I think her to. the smart move is for her to come back. You think she'll come back? I she'll make know. more money in college if she will. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. Like I said about that Virginia Tech game. Caitlin Clark had 44 points, and the next closest was Hannah Stolke, the forward, with 12. I mean, that's an absurd amount of points, to be honest. Yeah. Two of your starters didn't score at all in Davis and Marshall, but— And you're still able to put up 80. Yeah, it's... and they're there as, as leaders and defensive players, so I'm okay with that. 10 points from uh, Martin, the guard, and then you only had, let's see, 6, 8. You only had 14 points off the bench— for Iowa, so yeah. that's not that's not the best total that you want, but I think right. the big total think, is Offler. Is that her name? She had 14 rebounds off yep, the bench. Yep. I mean, for a guard, that's that's absurd. A falter, probably. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of lot of lot of rebounds, and I mean, Caitlin Clark still had six assists. So I mean, in that game, so it's not like she's not spreading the wealth. Yeah. She also had eight rebounds. She's out. She's down there doing what she needs to be doing. She's not just sitting at the at the top of the key and shooting, or yeah. at the logo in her case, I guess, but. Looking forward to uh, both both teams to keep going. Um, Iowa has Creighton tomorrow at seven o'clock, or I'm sorry, nine o'clock actually. Unfortunately, at yeah. Creighton, uh, Creighton is the number eight team in the nation as of right now. That's going to be the true test to see where you it's guys are be, at. Early it's going to be a tough game, man. Going to be super tough. And uh, honestly, if we just give them a good game, I'll be happy. Women's was named number two in the AP Top 25 today. That, that's about right, and which makes sense. They were three last week. A lot of people thought they were going to be one with the fall of UConn and LSU in the first week. However, South Carolina has two upset victories, and they looked yeah. good. So I against I, both ranked teams, right? Yeah. Two ranked teams, and um, so I, I I'm okay with them being the one. I really yeah. am. I mean, I, Iowa it has makes, plenty. It just makes sense. Yeah, Iowa has plenty of chances to to prove themselves in that in that regard. So not yeah. worried about that at all. Stay with us as we're going to get into Iowa State basketball next. Here we are for Cyclone Basketball. Nolan, take it away. I'll start with the, the women first. Okay. Uh, they played two games this past week, went 1-1, one and one, beat Butler at home 82-55, to and lost to Drake this past weekend 85-73. to The biggest thing I've seen for both these games is the freshmen aren't quite used to the speed of the game yet. Right. Um, Makes sense. Most of the turnovers are coming from freshmen. It really hurts that they don't have Emily Ryan as the primary ball handler, mm-hmm. and they're kind of using a committee at that point. So yeah. it's really hard to like get into a flow of the offense because you have someone new bringing the ball up the court every game. Mm-hmm. But in that Drake game, Audie Cooks was the leading scorer, was twenty three points, was seven and nine from the field, made nine of twelve free throws. Nice. That's a really big step for her as she hopefully starts to get into this more of a scoring role yep. and gets more used to how the game is played at the college level. Other than that, to me, I think it's kind of a disappointing week for the women. You'd like to go two and zero and coming into this week, right? It's a good Drake team, though. Yeah, Drake's I mean, really good. They're usually one of the twenty wins a year type team. Yep. Missouri Valley's probably best team mm-hmm. this year. 
And that's not a bad loss, but it's one of those in-state games that you you want to like, win. You right. want to win. Yeah. Moving over to the men's side, the men have looked phenomenal. <laughs> this is a third year under TJ, and this is the best the offense has looked by far. Yep. Um, they, they played Green Bay, beat them 85-44, to played Lindenwood on Thursday, beat them 102-47. to That is the first time Iowa State has reached 100 points under T.J. Otzelberger. Really? Oh. We're a long ways away from when we played Jackson State in his first year and beat him 47-42. Long <laughs> way from that. Um, and then they beat Idaho State on Sunday 86-55. to The big news is the freshman Milan Mamchilovic. Or as I like to call him now, Baby Dirk, with how sweet his fadeaway is. That dude will shoot that fadeaway from anywhere on the court. Early in the Idaho State game, he caught a ball, kind of at the like the top of the key elbow ranges at the free throw line, yeah. and kind of took a jab step in, turned around, and did a little fadeaway, falling back like his head was behind the three point line, and just swished it. He's scoring the ball in ways that I haven't really seen since Jordan Yang. With the yeah. way he's able to shoot threes and mm-hmm. able to go inside and play the post position as well. And it's showing in the stat books. I mean, after three games, he's averaging 15 points, shooting 58% from the field and 62 from the three-point line. Had six threes in that first game. Tamian has also been really good. He's actually shooting the ball now, shooting yeah, some threes is. with confidence. And, like, he actually wants to shoot the threes and not force to. Right. And he's still the main guy at that point guard position. Six, six assists a game. He's getting... Two to three steals a game, which is what you want with this defense. The turnovers are a little high to yeah. a game right now. Yeah, would like that down. Um, but I mean, his confidence level is really high right now. Keyshawn Gilbert, he's been able to get to the to the rim at will. He's just he's really fast, and that plays really well in the Big Twelve. Mm-hmm. If you're able to have fast guards, you're probably able to score a lot of points in the paint, make a lot of opportunities that way. Um, the biggest surprise for me is Robert Jones, and he looks three times the player he was when he first came three years ago his offensive game has improved drastically can make a free throw he can make a free throw and it actually looks like he knows <laughs> how to shoot the ball yeah it's, it's actually some good form crazy probably should talk about omaha the big five star he hasn't looked great i'll come out blatantly a lot, of fouls. Great. A lot of fouls a lot of fouls seems like to me he plays at one pace mm-hmm. he can't not really good at being able to change speeds plays hard i love it plays hard but sometimes there's a time and place to kind of back off you a little slow bit. It down a little bit yeah yep. Four points, two rebounds for him, only shooting 30% from the field. Like again, I think that just goes down to him just playing at that one pace and not being able to like control himself when right. he's down on the block. And, of course, the fouls affects his playing time as well. I think f- five fouls in the first game and then four in the second. Mm-hmm. But he did have none in their third game, which is really nice mm-hmm. to see. So he's able to get out there a lot longer. I think you can attribute that uh, slowing down the game maybe to some freshman jitters, just yeah. not quite comfortable maybe. Him thinking about the expectations he's got. Yep. And th- as a five kind star. of playing yep. into that as well. But mm-hmm. he's got to learn that you're not the only five star, right? Right. You're right. not you don't have to carry this team on your back. Uh, there's a lot of guys on this team that can do a lot of different things and you just have to go out and just play confident with his style of play. Yep. Uh this week Iowa State just has one game. They play Grambling on Sunday, and then the women they only got one this week, and that's Southern on Sunday as well. And coming up next is Trivia. It's now time for our trivia segment. I'm the one asking today. I did not do well last week. I was over five, yep. and and that was Iowa men's basketball. So we're gonna do Iowa State men's basketball towards Nolan today. He's beating me. Well, he's not technically beating me, but he's percentage wise. Percentage wise, right yes. now he is beating me. So we need him to have not a great five here. So let's just get right into it. 
like I said, ISU basketball. First question is, how many conference championships does Iowa State have? This is regular season or? Yes, this is regular season. Regular season. Oh. Yep. Well, I know they haven't had one in the past 25 years because that's been Kansas. <laughs> I'm going to go with four. Incorrect. The correct answer is six. All right. Six championships, regular season conference championships. Well, not, that All not, right. not, not that bad. Not that bad. All right. Question number two, how many conference tournament championships does Iowa State have? Okay. They've had so many the past, since like 2010. I think they have three in that time, three or four. Before that, I have no idea. I'm going to go with ten. Incorrect. The correct answer is six. Dang. They have six of each as of this year. Dang. Looking to maybe, you know, looking to maybe add one. They maybe shot. one to each. They I don't know. Who knows? They always play good down in Kansas City. Yeah. Next question. What is Iowa State basketball's highest AP ranking since 2000? Since 2000? That's correct. I think it's four. That is correct. Yeah. It is fourth in the country when since When they started 14-0, beat Michigan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I don't know the exact year. I think it was I think like 2015. The, uh, that was the year they beat Mon- or Monte Morris, made that Florida beat Iowa. Yep. yep, 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 yep. Like, yeah. the final yeah, seconds. I do remember that, actually. Yeah, that was great. Question number four. Most steals in a career at Iowa State. The number or who it is? Who it is. Most steals? Mm-hmm. Most steals. I'm going to go with Jake Sullivan. Incorrect. The correct answer is Monte Morris with 225. All right. It's kind of why I went after that one because I, you know, I knew who Monte was. Yeah. I don't know a whole lot of Iowa State guys, so <laughs> that's kind of the only reason to do that one. Last question. How many All-Americans since 2000 has Iowa State had? All-Americans? This, this includes any t- first or second team. I'm just going to start naming guys off. Okay. So Niang, Monte, Anjum. I think that's it. I'm gonna, Yeah, I'm going to stick with three. The correct answer is three. However, none of the one, one of the ones you named was part of the three. Was Niang? Niang was the only one. Really? <laughs> yes. That's where the why other, I'm so pissed you got the other right. two? Pfizer? Pfizer? Marcus Pfizer, okay. And, and uh, Tinsley. Oh, all right. Yeah, those are all good guys, So too. Monte and the other one were not. <laughs> that's yeah. so annoying, dude. You yeah. named the wrong ones trying to get there. I had the positions you right. You used the wrong formula and got the right answer. <laughs> that's what just happened right there. Hey, but I had the positions right. Oh, my right. gosh. Yeah, you did. So two for five for Nolan, unfortunate for me. That's what I needed right there. But, I mean, it's better than a five for five, I suppose. So, you know, we'll just have to we'll tie it back up next week and get it closer next week. So. Yeah. Well, that'll be it for us today for episode 11 of Travel Day. We thank you guys so much for listening. And uh, be sure to check out our Twitter or X, whatever you prefer. Our at is at Travel Day Pod. And um, we you know we, we get into it uh, football-wise, and we'll get in there basketball-wise, halftime thoughts, post-game thoughts, all that kind of stuff during the game things. So be sure to check that out and give us a follow. And if you guys have any ideas for trivia, don't be afraid to DM us or comment on one of our posts, yeah. anything like that. We'd be, happy to take, yeah, we'd be happy to take the ideas. So, But anyway, we thank you guys so much for tuning in. I have been Jackson Van Pelt with Nolan Faber from Travel Day. Goodbye. <laughs>